0: This is the College of the Redwoods Forestry Natural Resources Career Seminar Podcast, and I'm your host, Valerie Elder. Hey, Valerie. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for joining
1: me. Ah, Thanks so much for having me. I'm Sarah Norvell. I'm originally from South Carolina, and I've been out here in Humboldt for about six years now. I graduated in December from Humboldt State with a degree in botany, and I just returned a few weeks ago uh, for graduate school and for the past two fieldwork seasons I've been working up at Redwood National Park as an invasive plant
0: technician. Thanks Sarah, I think so much for joining us and and Sarah and I actually live down the road from each other but we don't really <laughs> know each other. We're friends on Instagram somehow and she posts these amazing botany photos from some of her field work and I I think maybe just her life as an explorer. Um, oh, thank you. And and so we've kind of connected that way. And I wanted to have guests on here that are, you know, it's not just all my friends or um, people I know. <laughs> I want to provide kind of a diversity for you to listen to. And. Um, Sarah has a really cool story, and so I'm excited. I'm excited to talk to her about this with us. Oh, thanks so much for having me.
1: And yeah. hopefully we'll get to meet in person here I know, uh, I know. soon.
0: I know. Um, so, so, Sarah, how did you end up in this field with your interest in botany? Yeah, it's,
1: it's kind of a funny story, but one that I realize is pretty common in this field. I actually have a degree in English. I started out in South Carolina, my first round of college. Uh, I chose English because, you know, I love to read. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Uh, it seemed like a really broad, practical choice. Maybe I could go to law school. Maybe I could, you know, become a journalist. Uh, I was working a ton during school. I, you know, worked in hotels and restaurants. And so I ended up tacking on a hospitality management minor. Wow. And uh I just I just kept on that path because it seemed practical and working in hotels uh was working for me and I didn't honestly know that being a botanist was a thing as ignorant as that sounds wow. uh, until I moved out here to Humboldt County. Wow. And my my partner and I came out yeah like about 6 years ago. And I worked in hotels still for three years in Humboldt. And then I finally, I just kept meeting, honestly, like person after person in this county who was doing something really cool for their job. You know, I, someone would be, you know, a watershed manager or, oh, I'm studying the microbial communities that exist on the skin of salamanders. And I was just like, you're doing this for your job, for, you know, your you're getting paid to go out into the wilderness and explore and study what you're interested in. So I started researching immediately once everything clicked, uh, schools that I could go to, to study something in the natural resources. And I chose botany because it seemed to encompass everything that I had just been interested in, in my personal life. And it felt serendipitous really that Humboldt state was right here. I was already living in Trinidad and uh, I I signed up sight unseen. I didn't even go to the school. I just I just applied and wow. signed up and started. And I have just loved every second of it. It's been amazing. I totally lost interest in school back in South Carolina when I was doing English. I just stopped going to class. I was you know literally taking work shifts and skipping school to do them. And uh, it's just been the opposite here. I've just wanted to read every single thing that's been assigned to me. I've loved every class that I've taken with each class. I just feel like my eyes are open to new parts of the world. It's just like, it's honestly changed my entire life. I just am so happy about finding this place and uh,
0: meeting so many cool people here. Right time, right place. It sounds truly, truly. And some of your classes that you took at Humboldt are, um, really interesting I, because I teach a forest health class at College of the Redwoods. And so I joined the um, the mushroom group. And, yes. and I think one of your classes was taught by one of the instructors of that group with the Mycology mm-hmm. Society. And can you talk a little bit about that class? Because it just looks amazing.
1: Yes, there are a few actually. And Terry Hinkle is the professor at Humboldt State He's the head mycologist, and he's actually going to be my graduate advisor, which is such an honor. Incredibly exciting. Um, I'm currently in his forest pathology class, which, as many of you people in the forestry industry know, um, forest pathogens are a huge part of that industry. So being able to take a local class and honestly being in Humboldt, where this, this is a center of biodiversity for a lot of these pathogens, like uh, Arsithobium as a dwarf mistletoe that I think is responsible for like 300 million board feet being lost every year in the United States. Mm -hmm. Um, So learning about things like that in the place where they are the most biodiverse from experts is such an incredible experience. And forest pathology, along with the other mycology classes that are offered here, you know, that we have lichens and bryophytes Um, There is a micro fungal class where you can learn about the um, basidiomycetes and the ascomycetes. And then I took the fleshy fungi class, which is just the, the general, you know, fungi biology class. And we, you know, all of our labs were out in the forest and collecting mushrooms and learning how to key them out and do spore prints. And it just, I mean, with every one of those classes, all of your, you know, hikes just become that much more
0: amazing yeah that lens that you're looking at the forest in is totally different <laughs> exactly to... that
1: that green blur disappears
0: yeah and it's not even just tree species it's everything on the ground it's all these complex interactions that are happening
1: <laughs> yeah it's
0: amazing
1: and it's amazing that, I mean CR has so many courses that aren't offered across the United States as well um, that Humboldt does too you know all of these little biology courses that don't get that much attention but really should they're so important yeah we're really lucky here
0: yeah I think that's a that's a good observation is we really are in a unique place with a, with high biodiversity to really study these things in our labs. Oh,
1: absolutely and so many people here, you know, I know at CR and working at Humboldt State, you know, the faculty is here because they want to be here. Yeah. They want to be here in this special place researching the thing that they love. And it is just so inspiring to be in a
0: community like that. Yeah. So um, those those classes sound amazing. And I'm wondering, you know, what are you learning about as far as what careers like the end goal kind of after this master's program, what do you see yourself doing or other people in your program say that they want to do when they're done with the program?
1: Absolutely. I uh, I personally see myself going into some form of environmental communication. I'd like to do research for a little while, but then I really get the most excited when I'm talking to other people who don't know that much about botany Mm -hmm. and lichen and bryophytes and all those things Um, to see those little aha moments or those extra little sparks of intrigue that's the most exciting thing for me Um, but so many people that I work with are you know going into conservation uh, in the forestry side of things you know as a botanist there are tons of botanical consultant positions especially here locally Um, most of these logging companies you know hire botanists to Uh, appraise the land basically uh, and consult on species that might be rare or endangered on land that's going to be developed. Uh, So you can you know be a botanical consultant and spend your days hiking around beautiful forests looking for rare plants Uh, or you could go and work for the park system which I've done a little bit of and work with conservation. They do research up in the parks as well uh invasive plant protection there's wildlife research being done at the parks the options are honestly endless it just depends on what your interests are and what you're passionate about
0: yeah your park job sounded amazing can you talk a little bit about how you got that job and then um, sort of what you would do on a day-to-day basis absolutely uh Kind of
1: in the humble fashion, I got that job just in the community. It's, an, it's a total entry-level position. I was, funny enough, I was at a party, and I was, just happened to be talking to the head plant ecologist of the park. Oh, and yes. because I'm very vocal all the time yes. about plants, I'm constantly talking about what I love, uh, she picked up on it and just gave me her email address and told me to email her sometime. And I didn't for months and months, Uh, but finally did in the spring when I was starting to get panicky about summer position. And um, she sent me this job description that almost scared me off, honestly, Uh, because invasive plant work, you know, is not glamorous by any means. Uh, You're often spraying herbicide. You have to carry, you know, a pack, a 40 pound pack of that herbicide up and down steep terrain and really uh, high heat um but i figured you know okay it's redwood national park if i can get a job as you know with no experience in the botany world like i'm just going to go for it and i am so happy that i did because i was all geared up you know for an entire summer four months of just herbicide spraying mm-hmm. but it turns out that uh that's just part of it you know redwood national park is a, is a small park and there's only one vegetation team so if you're an invasive plant technician, you also get to do all of the fun stuff. So I got to do all of the rare plant monitoring and I mean, which is just incredible from all the way from Auric, you know, up into Crescent City, we got to monitor several rare species of plant, including like Monotropa uniflora, that gorgeous ghost pipe.
0: Yeah. And for
1: me as like a rookie botanist to be able to work in Redwood National Park, serving like this incredible plant two years in a row just on my own with a little team of people equally as novice as I was was just such an just a rewarding experience you know it just gave me it was so empowering to just feel like even at this lowest position I you know I was still able to do these really amazing things they they really are interested in keeping people in the park system once you get in however you get in a lot of my coworkers got in through volunteer work. So I know volunteer work is a little more intimidating during COVID times, but in the natural resources, we are lucky that so much of our work is outdoors. So there are still volunteer opportunities, you know, to go bash the yellow lupin down at Clam Beach. And that's, you know, that's where one of my coworkers met my boss. It's just go out and do what you're interested in, volunteer. You'll meet people in this community. Can get you positions doing entry level things that will really take you places. They invited me back the second year this past summer as a crew lead, which was amazing. It saved me so much time and energy trying to get through, you know, USA job applications and years of trying to hop up through the GS levels. Instead, I just met people out in the community and worked hard and showed some passion, and it's really paying off already.
0: Yeah, I think you bring up so many great points in that. It's it's amazing how you never know when you're going to meet somebody that just in a half hour however you talk to your what ended up being your future leader or supervisor can totally change your career trajectory, right? Had you Absolutely. not met her that day, who knows what you would have done that summer? Yeah. <laughs> I, and had I not been talking about plants and
1: how excited I was about them, she might not have said anything to me.
0: Yeah. And that's also incredibly important. I mean, not being afraid to be passionate about something and, and talking about the science and what you're learning and um, sort of always being, I guess, an advocate for what you care about. I just, I, that's, that's such a great success story and and i think also just that fact about job positions being intimidating you know job descriptions aren't always they they're not always that descriptive of what the job actually is like so i think it's important to ask questions about those job descriptions and then and then what ultimately made you take the plunge to apply for that job when you had those hesitations
1: yeah i just i figured that i should
0: there's just there's no
1: harm in trying I know that sounds so lame but there isn't you know I like I it's Redwood National Park for me I just thought wow like what an incredible opportunity even if it is like the hardest thing ever you know Mm -hmm. I could do it for a couple weeks and if it's if it's that bad you can always quit no one's gonna force you to show up you know so you might as well just give it a shot yeah I got to like I got to go out fish staining with the wildlife department and work on like a wetland restoration project i never would have been able to do any of that stuff uh and i yeah i'm I'm really glad that i took the plunge i think everybody should
0: yeah there's so much value in just job shadowing something for one day like that and so that's really great that they provided a diversity of experiences for your team i think oh absolutely
1: yeah and that's such a good point too job shadowing like it might be intimidating to ask someone to shadow but so many of these people love what they do so much they'd be so stoked to have someone interested in what they're doing and asking them questions and tagging along for a day again I know COVID times it's a little different but people
0: are still open to it Mm -hmm. and and volunteering for an experience like that or at a stewardship type of event that's something that's always been a part of my personal value set. I always think that's important. And I guess, I don't know that I was always doing that for a career goal at the end. My interest was mostly just getting to learn sort of a new skill or, um, you know, whatever the event is. So I think that's a, a good way to maybe look at it is just trying to To learn something new from those experiences and the networking opportunities, I think, and volunteering, if you can do it, even if it's just once a year or something like that, but as a student, as much as possible, you get to meet people and, and regardless of what the job is in the natural resource field. Word of mouth is still the most common way I think people get jobs. Absolutely. I mean,
1: especially in a small community like the one that we're in here in Humboldt. Yeah. And like you said, that it's so important that networking, I mean, even if you're, like you said, your volunteer goal shouldn't be just to put that volunteer experience on your resume. The goal should be to get out into your community and meet people with similar interests and learn from them.
0: And make an impact, too, right? So yeah, many of these projects absolutely. are totally – the value of volunteerism, I think, is – it's it's an educational opportunity for those organizations that offer it, I think, too. But it's also getting in the work that's valuable to people and that they want to see done on the landscape. So you're, you're making an impact, too. okay. <laughs>
1: Reminds me, I didn't really give you my uh, my day to day up at the park. Oh yeah, but there was a lot of Scotch broom. Uh, we basically, you know, the park, the headquarters is up in Auric, so I drive from Neelan up to Oryx every morning. We work four days a week, get up there at seven a.m. and hop in the park truck and you know head up into the bald hills. We mostly work in the prairies uh, when we're doing the invasive plant treatment. And we'd go out with our maps, sometimes be together, sometimes dropped off in individual spots and just hike around all day looking for these invasive plants and either manually removing them or uh, spraying them with herbicide, depending on the plant that we were tackling. Uh, So it was just incredibly beautiful getting out into the park every single day, being outside for 10 hours a day. And you get to see the phenology of the plants change over the season. And you get, I mean, I saw bears almost every single day. It was just fabulous
0: yeah that does sound great um you can't be especially during these times uh, the opportunity to spend that time outdoors and and just you know some of the things you surveyed like the ghost pipe and um that's that's incredible i'm glad i'm glad that um, worked out for you it's
1: been wonderful i hope uh some of your students uh Take a look at the park system and see if there are any interests that could hold future positions for them there. Yeah. I really learned so much. I've only, I mean, collectively, I only worked with a park for probably six months, just two summers. But oh my gosh, my botany knowledge went from zero to 60 for sure.
0: It's amazing how that um, experience in an internship pulls together or just our job, any kind of a field position pulls together all that information you learn in classes and applies it on the landscape and I think for me as a learner that really makes everything come alive I always felt if I can go out in the field and do something I learned so much more about it than um, listening to a lecture so I always oh, encourage you
1: absolutely and then it's so much better to go back into the classroom knowing that there are you know, actual applications to the things that you're learning. It's not just abstract, Mm -hmm. you know, it actually, it actually matters. It matters to the planet and the community and yeah, it makes your whole learning experience entirely different.
0: Yeah. When you were doing this field work, I mean, especially working with herbicides um, and we've talked a lot about this in this class a little bit because there's a green diamond, um, Silviculture uh, position that we sort of really analyze that job description because it's complex. And, yeah. um, but what are your safety tips from your job? Um, anything number one that you want to share with the students? Totally. Uh, as a crew lead, my
1: number one like tailgate safety tip was situational awareness. Yeah. It's just being completely aware of every step you're taking, everything that's around you, uh, little noises that might be going on, what type of forest stand you're in. Do you have dead tree branches above you that might fall on you? Uh, People that know me really well might laugh about this advice from me because I'm really pretty clumsy. (laughs) But it's so important to just be aware of your surroundings and move slowly and with great concentration Um, because when you're, you know, you're out there, you've got a thing of herbicide on your back. Uh, you need to be paying attention to where the wind is blowing. If you misstep, you might be able to catch yourself if you didn't have that backpack on, but with that extra weight, you're just going to tumble down a hill, which I have. Like it's, you know, (laughs) it's dangerous out there and half the time you're alone. So, uh, yeah, be situationally aware and it's something to practice. People, you know, it's a lifelong, <laughs> a lifelong learning journey to be situationally aware. But that is my number one tip. It covers just about everything.
0: Yeah, I think that's awesome. And what came to mind with me for some reason is like an image of someone walking down the sidewalk, like texting and like not paying attention to a crosswalk or something. Right. Oh, that's, exactly. That's sort of what's almost like a norm in our society right now. right, I don't right. Think- so you
1: really have to train yourself out of it yeah and in the field you know it's not a car that's going to run you over it might be a bear yeah so you're <laughs> pretty important and that that you know includes w- watching out for your own body you know yeah. are you feeling dehydrated do you or have you been tick checking you know all those little things that come along with field work that make yeah. it fun but also make it dangerous
0: yeah it's an adventure <laughs> totally. (laughs) Um, So as you've been going through this process of kind of transitioning fields and moving across the country and graduating and going to grad school, have you received any really awesome career advice you want to share? Or if you haven't, is there any advice you sort of wish you had been given?
1: I have been given really good advice. Um, And that advice was just to give yourself more credit. Um, You know, when you're filling out these job applications, especially those questionnaires, like the USA job questionnaires, where you have to answer, you know, one out of five, you know, do you feel confident enough to teach somebody how to do this skill? And yeah, just give yourself more credit. If you have done that skill before, chances are you're capable of teaching someone. You know, I used to think that when I was hiking with people out here in Humboldt, like, I would never be able to rattle off Latin binomials like they can when they're hiking around, but it's only taken a couple years. I totally can. Just have a little more confidence in yourself and your abilities because you really can do whatever you're passionate about.
0: Yeah, I think that is awesome advice. Just this concept of being sort of aware of your surroundings and willing to learn and recognizing that you're capable of that, I think can do a lot for the whole outlook of gaining new skills and applying for jobs. If you're confident in your ability to learn something new and to do something, the employer will recognize that I think both in the materials you submit for the job and especially in an interview. And then that enthusiasm rolls through as you're working for them. And, and like Sarah, you'll, you'll get hired back.
1: Yeah, absolutely. They've already invited me back, which is, you know, an honor, but I I know it's because of my enthusiasm for sure. I don't have as much experience as other people who could have gotten this job ahead of me, but I took initiative
0: and worked hard and yeah, showed passion. Awesome. Well, You've shared so much with us, but is there anything else that you wanted to add? Uh, I think
1: that is it. If anyone wants to reach me, feel free to reach out on Instagram or email. I'm humbotany on Instagram, and it's humbotany at Gmail, H-U-M, botany, B-O-T-A-N-Y. I'm happy to talk career paths or any botanical questions you have or, or anything. Yeah. I'm around.
0: Great. Thanks so much, Sarah.